You're listening to The Sister Drill with Danai and Kiveli. Hello and welcome back to The Sister Trill. I'm Danai. And I'm Kiveli. And we are finally recording episodes again. As you can tell, this is a purely audio episode because what happened was that we stopped recording because we started having more concert engagements again. Corona was over and we were just traveling so much and we couldn't really find the time to sit down together in our home and actually record with the camera and the mic. So after lots of uh, discussing and soul searching and deciding on how we can, how we can still make it happen, we decided to buy some um, travel mics so we can actually record the podcast on the road and we decided to um, release audio versions now instead of audio and video because in this way we can really just record whenever we have like an hour free. We're actually planning on recording episodes backstage when we have time before concerts so we can actually do it more frequently and um, release episodes weekly again. Yes, so this episode is also one that is going to be recorded on the road. We are currently in Munich and today we are playing a concert and we are just sitting on a bed. So <laughs> the episodes are going to become much more informal and maybe you're also going to hear that in what we're going to be saying. And yeah, I think we should just get right into it. So first of all, what did we disagree oh on this, this week? year? This year, this basically. Year. We, never, we didn't disagree on anything this year. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to take, I think, our most recent disagreement, like, from five minutes ago. Basically, this is, like, a bit new technology for us because we bought these um, microphones that are you can just attach to your phone and then record straight away. And the audio quality is, of course, better than if you just record with your phone. However, Danai and I are both not necessarily uh, technologi- technologically versed in an amazing way. So uh, I was, like, you know, hoping for some technical uh, expertise advice to make sure that we don't maybe record an episode and then we forget one detail that is maybe an obvious detail to take care of and then like the whole episode is not usable so that's why I'm like a bit nervous to do these things without any um, advice from someone who I know knows what to do and then I can learn it and then I can do it by myself and um, Denai is more of the let's just do it so I've been kind of a bit reluctant I think to record this first episode without first you know, maybe understanding the technology behind it a bit better. Yeah, I think this ties into one of the previous disagreements that we've already mentioned, that <clears throat> you like to have everything set up in a perfect way, all the preconditions yeah. uh, to be there, perfect technology, perfect circumstances. And I believe that that sometimes holds back from actually doing something. And that's something. totally true. Yes. Yeah, and getting into yes. something and I'm just more of a doer. Let's just do it. Yeah, we'll learn along the way if something doesn't work. I totally get but, it. Yeah, I totally. I yeah. mean, now we've waited long enough, so it's Absolutely. coming. The episode is happening. Absolutely. And I think what I wanted to mention with uh, what we disagreed on was <laughs> also kind of similar, because I feel like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've been pushing the continuation of the podcast a little more than you You're have. Totally wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. You're wrong. You're absolutely. But wrong. I feel like you know I've been pushing the okay. Let's look at equipment. Let's order equipment. Let's actually record. And I feel like you know you haven't been in it as much as I have. But now now. 
we're doing it. Yeah, that's no, I, I just think it's this thing that if because we already had the break, I didn't want to restart it in a like suboptimal way mm-hmm. and then have another break two two episodes later because let's just say we decided to record an episode at home and then we're again on concert tours. So I, I, I don't want to like restart it in if we're already making that step where we're starting it again, then we restart it properly. Yeah, and we actually do it regularly yeah. again, and we don't but kind doing of it regularly is up to us. It's up to us sure. and our actions and plans. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're getting into it. And this episode is a very juicy one, I think. Yes. The subject matter is one very that, juicy. It's, I think the, the interesting thing when we were talking about um, this topic is that we have been, I would say, discussing on it for many, many years. Yeah. And you've, I think, pretty much stayed consistent in your opinion. More I don't know, less. more or less. Yeah, yeah. And I have definitely fluctuated a lot. Definitely also because I was um, seeing, you know, how you were interacting with this topic and also because I grew up and I tried out different things. But it has always been something where I think our natures are kind of different. Mm-hmm. But because we are, you know, able to change our opinions and also influence each other, we've kind of gotten closer, I would say, throughout the years on this topic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so the the, the subject is basically relationship models and very specifically the open relationship model. What this entails, how we feel about it, um, what our experiences are mm-hmm. with it. And mm-hmm. um, I just uh, very quickly, within two minutes, prepared <laughs> this episode. And I just researched some facts as well that I think are quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And I want to start um, with, you know, the most common relationship, which is, of course, a monogamous relationship um just with the definition of monogamy Mm -hmm. because i find it very interesting when i googled definition of monogamy Mm -hmm. what came up were two definitions and the one definition is the practice of having a romantic and sexual relationship with only one person in your life which is what monogamy actually is you know you abstain until you get married and then you get married like the christian exactly the christian to one person forever and then there is today's version of monogamy which is basically the exact same definition only with only one person at a time at a time yeah right yeah so you can have many different monogamous of course if you and uh, that already kind of brings us in the to the heart of the conversation the exact translation of monogamy from greek actually only relates to the sexual aspect of it it's you know to the married one marriage monogamy means one marriage yes but but yeah one one marriage and of course there it's supposed to be only within marriage that you have sexual relations right okay i would say because hand in hand i think because of course the this whole idea of monogamy is where you know what is the thing that is exclusive to your one partner because Mm -hmm. obviously sex is mostly a given between between monogamous couples but then you know there is a huge range of interactions you can have with another person flirtation one-on-one time um you know if other physical types of physical interactions long hugs or whatever that you know mm-hmm. that for many couples don't fall into you're not allowed to do it like you know mm-hmm. it would be a very very conservative relationship one where for example the partner is not allowed to spend time one-on-one time with a person of um the different sex or same sex mm-hmm. you know so, so with, with a potentially romantic person that exists you know that really relationship model as well but most people i would say in western cultures that have monogamous relationships would not include that in you know something you're not allowed to do nevertheless you know sexual flirty dynamics 
undoubt, undoubtedly happen in these type of interactions as well. So it already kind of brings us into what is exactly the thing yeah. that we are so afraid of or that we deem inappropriate exactly. for other people to do yeah. in a monogamous relationship. I mean, as you say, where is the barrier? Yeah, yeah. As you say, it differs from person to person. I mean, what is it for you? Where is the barrier for you where you would say this is where the monogamous relationship ends and let's say yeah. cheating happens? I mean, for, first of all, cheating happens whenever trust is broken. So, yeah. so cheating can happen in a polyamorous relationship just as much as in a yeah, monogamous but I mean, relationship. In a monogamous relationship me, where it's yeah. clear that you're supposed to have relations with one partner only, where is it that 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 rule is broken for you I personally. mean, for me, if I were to choose a monogamous relationship for myself, which, you know, is one thing that mm -hmm. I'm <laughs> um, thinking about a lot, uh, I would say that the simple answer is any type of beginning, it's like sexual interaction starting with kissing. Uh -huh. That would be so the something. physical. Thing. The physical, but I would say that I would definitely include in it if I were to have a you know monogamous relationship with my partner that if my partner is giving more energetic attention to another person than another person like more energetic attention um oriented towards a romantic type of situation than me that is also already mm -hmm. so you would say cheating. emotional cheating what is called emotional yes cheating. and, and yeah. i would say that of course at the end of the day the emotional reorientation is much more detrimental to a relationship than the sexual yeah. reorientation although yeah. the sexual is so much easier to define and therefore that's like okay you did that boom like the other thing is okay you spend an hour on the phone with someone you know what is there exactly mm -hmm. to get because mm -hmm. it's much more gradual the emotional yeah. reorienting you know? I, I believe that uh, of course it's kind of clear the physical thing is where the line is crossed but Easiest, I also yeah. yeah but I also believe that the physical thing is of course only the end of a journey that has been building up yeah and as or you the say beginning sometimes <laughs> I, yeah I, I well i mean i feel like if you start prioritizing someone else over your partner mm -hmm. and you're in a monogamous relationship where it's clear that your partner is supposed to be your number yeah. one and you start canceling plans with your partner in order to prioritize yeah. someone else yeah or you start buying i don't know greater gifts for someone else yeah. rather than your partner i think that's when it starts getting blurry. Yeah. And for me also one big thing is if you do it in secret. Yes, of course. I think course. if you do something and you feel like it's uh, something that you don't want to communicate yeah. because maybe for your relationship model it's actually yeah. wrong. Yes. The I secretive thing yeah. is when you I think that's that, that's a very very good sign and marker yeah. for for if you know something might be murky or not is yeah. if your partner didn't tell you about it. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me about exactly. it? Exactly. You know? If, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I looked for some stats around this cheating yeah. aspect. You know, how many people have cheated? Of course, that is basically impossible to find out. Yeah. But there have been various studies where, you know, people anonymously have mm -hmm. said mm -hmm. what they have done. And I looked for the one that is uh, it's called the higher end study, which means where people included everything. You know, okay. like uh, the maybe also emotional cheating, yeah. things like that. And what came out was that 75% of men, it, it, it's a BBC article, by the okay. way, mm -hmm. and 75% of men and 68% of women in a monogamous relationship admitted to cheating at some point in their relationship. In any one of those ways. In, any, in, in a physical. way that for them felt inappropriate. 
Mm. Whatever that means, yeah. you know, you th that includes the hyper conservative people that might have had dirty thoughts, yeah. and that includes yeah. also the very open yeah. people that actually yeah. went and did and did stuff. And also, it says more up to date research suggests that men and women are actually at the same rate. It's not yeah. really true that women are yeah, yeah, underneath yeah, yeah, yeah. that I number. Don't think that yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's a quite high yeah. percentage. I mean, there there are two things that I always think about instantly when you when you speak about open relationships. One thing is that is there is there a good argument to be made that monogamous relationships are superior in a way and for what are they superior for example are they superior for child rearing are they superior for long-term happiness mm -hmm. versus short-term mm -hmm. happiness so like you know yeah these are questions i have and then the other questions i have is how realistic is it to live a life in, with a monogamous relationship of say 20 plus years yeah. without any proper interest in someone else. I love that question. And I would say <laughs> highly unrealistic. Yes. And then exactly. how do you deal with yeah. that? How yeah. do you deal with that? Is it, Do you expect a sacrifice? You know, mm -hmm. that would be monogamous. Yeah. Do you kind of say, yeah, the, the less you, you pay attention to it, the less it happens? Mm -hmm. Or do you just let it happen but monogamy means that you just don't do it? You know, so I don't know. It's, it's, well, I personally yeah. believe that it's unrealistic that a monogamous relationship for let's say 60 years yeah, yeah. one that is really yeah. for the whole life is a truly fulfilled relationship i believe that it is possible for sure mm -hmm. and i believe that in a certain generation in my mind that's always kind of the generation of our grandparents yeah that's kind of you know the one mm -hmm. that really lived that and probably also before um where it was kind of unheard of to not be in that type of relationship and um, they did it and they kind of successfully did it in the sense that they stayed together mm -hmm. however I do believe that a lot of these relationships were miserable mm -hmm. um, that they involved huge sacrifice from both parties also I do believe that people did wander uh, you mm -hmm. know just in yeah. a very secretive yeah. way or if they didn't that you know something else was triggered inside of them some unhappiness I will just come out and say that I don't think that we are made to be completely monogamous. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that we are made to be with one partner for a long time. We are looking for that one companion. But this rule of zero cheating, one person forever and ever, I don't think that's what we're made for. If I'm just, you know, if I'll play devil's advocate for a mm -hmm. second... I also don't think that we're necessarily made to be non-aggressive beings. Nevertheless, right. mm -hmm. we've, you know, found out through civilization that not, you know, playing into our aggressive impulses is superior. It makes us, I would say, happier than, than, than playing into our aggressive impulses. So I think the nature argument, although very compelling, um, is not necessarily one that, you know, can be taken like that. Okay, we're not made for it. Ergo, we shouldn't do it. Yeah. I think that... That's why I was asking the question, is there something? Is, is the sacrifice worth something? I mean, the I would say person I look up to the most that is a huge advocate of monogam monogamy, um, where, you know, I, I actually pay attention to what he says and I take, I take his advice, I would say, to heart, although mm -hmm. not necessarily that means that it's the best thing for me. Jordan Peterson makes the case that, you know, we, it is a sacrifice. It's not at all the, the nature state to, to be in a monogamous relationship. But through this, you know, really getting to know someone and making the sacrifices for each other, you do reach a level of closeness and also, you know, 
satisfaction in yourself that is incomparable and that you know the fact that you know we live in a much more promiscuous society and all these open models and not really committing has actually led to our generation of people being less happy in the realm of relationships than for example the one of our grandparents and that although i don't think that that means that open relationships are worse than than monogamous because i think that the fact that we are unhappier is also because of you know we don't want to commit you know open relationship doesn't mean not committing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it just means committing differently but that there is something to be said that this complete you know cornucopia of available of options and opportunities that we feel we have nowadays has not led to a happier more fulfilled mm-hmm life around relationships than the much more conservative stay together with a person no yeah. matter what or at least it's not yeah. obvious to I, me I also believe that the probably happiest form um sometimes is the simplest form yeah and I believe that monogamy also maybe because it's the one we know best mm-hmm. because it has been practiced for so many mm-hmm. years now is in a way the simplest form mm-hmm. the rules are clear yeah it's black and white there are a lot of them <laughs> there, there are a lot of them and it's it's kind of also a thing you know girls meet together and say oh my god he cheated you know it's a thing yeah. that is universally accepted okay now he cheated he's a bad guy she cheated you know she's a bad girl whatever yeah. um it's it's kind of simple and simplicity and understanding leads to comfort which leads yep. to happiness safety. safety exactly so i do think there is also an argument in that to say that yeah. it is it is the simplest clearest form mm-hmm. and then of course also the question comes into play what type of a person are you you know do you want it all uh, are you are you satisfied with less are you yes. satisfied with the I, I don't want to say, you know, in a degrading way, the simple life, but yeah, yeah, are yeah. you satisfied with the simple model? Yes. Which, And, uh, no, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that um, I, a very interesting number that I found is that in 2022, which mm. is when this study was conducted, it, it said that monogamous relationships on average in all age categories, so mm-hmm. including the teenagers to the mm-hmm. old people, um, last seven years only today while open relationships last only five years so okay okay monogamous yeah, ones yeah. last longer but yeah. seven years is not so not long. long yeah yeah and by the way when you were saying the what type of person it what i've come to think like the, the my opinion has shifted in the last years from i would say a much more open relationship like happy open relationship is more of a myth it's people that are afraid to commit to each mm-hmm, other from mm-hmm. from that you know much more a cynical approach to open relationships to now which I would say is a more a general view I have of life, which is obviously open relationship means more freedom, but more freedom always means in relationships as well as everywhere else in life, more responsibility. And more trust. M- more trust as well, but, but also I mean more, just more responsibility. You have to expect more of yourself, more honesty, more transparency, more, you know, uh, uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. with yourself, with your partner. So the, the, the truth I would say is that an open relationship is harder than yes. an anonymous relationship, which I is I think agree. often seen differently, like yeah. open relationship, oh, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Da, 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 da. It's harder. It takes more responsibility, more effort actually in each other, but the payoff you get is obviously more variety and and availability of experience. And it's that's often more, the payoff, you know, in all yeah, life. You know, you want a harder job, you ha- or, yeah. you know, a more, I don't know, more uh, fame, or I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what, you're more success, more adulation. Sure, work more, 
mm-hmm. and you'll get it, you know, mm-hmm. but some people don't want that trade or some people want to have the ease of not having exactly. to have these uncomfortable moments, which is perfectly fine. You know, it's, it's, it's the same. It's this payoff of safety, freedom, responsibility, yeah. opportunity, all these things. And I want to get back to that big word trust yeah. because I feel like many people say, but if we were in an open relationship, I would not be able to trust you. Mm-hmm. Whereas I believe that trust for me, what trust means is that you trust someone to make the right choice, Mm -hmm. to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. For me, trust doesn't mean, okay, you are not allowed to do this and I trust that you will respect my rule Mm -hmm. that I just gave Mm -hmm. you. But trust to me means I will give you complete freedom and I trust, it's up to you now, and I trust that you will make the right decision. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I am in an open relationship, then I trust my partner to choose whatever he's going to choose wisely Mm -hmm. i trust him to come back to me and to tell me what he Mm -hmm. did and to make the right choice for our relationship Mm -hmm. so i feel like um yeah trust actually has to be higher and i feel like this what is often called trust in a monogamous relationship is actually control yeah it's control exactly and it is nothing to do with trust absolutely absolutely and i think that two factors that are also very important is first of all i think Many people, I I do think that there is this type of couple that has an open relationship because one person wants it. Which is dangerous. Is that like one person kind of, I don't know, feels uh, suffocated and Uh and the other person just doesn't want to lose the person, so says okay. Mm -hmm. And then what basically happens is a gradual you know, growing of dissatisfaction yeah. from the one person, a gradual distancing from the other. So th- I think there is a lot to be done wrong if mm-hmm. you decide to have an open relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think also where it might get a bad reputation from. Yeah. Where it's kind of like this Hail Mary before we separate, let's try that. Or before I yes. can't have you at all. And then the other thing is, and I think that's where a lot of open relationships also uh, kind of don't work properly, is you said trust in, in, in your partner, which is extremely important. But at ex- even more important and the one where I'm like um, currently trying to find out if I have that level of trust is trust in yourself mm-hmm. and it trust you mean that you can handle it no that you're enough that you're enough. that because okay. the, the, the first question that comes when I speak about open relationships with people that maybe don't subscribe to that or don't like it is um, what if he meets someone else and likes right. them more I and, and, and my qu- thing is well if they like them more then they should be with the person they like more and not with me you know, obviously, I mean, that you, you don't want your partner to stay together with you because they are not allowed to consider someone else. You want them to stay together with you because they choose you. Yeah. Now, of course, I do understand that sometimes, you know, infatuation is not the same thing as proper, meaningful love and, 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 and partnership. And that what if they lose their way, they get infatuated with someone, they mistake it for but something you know, else. And then here's where I come and say, if I'm in an open relationship with someone and they get infatuated with somebody else, I have the ability and our relationship model has the ability to give them the space, time and the Mm -hmm. room to explore that infatuation. And I'm still here, happy and loving, not with a grudge, not angry, you know, not insulted. And they can come back to me. And once they realize, okay, that this was just an infatuation, yeah, that was that. And our relationship goes on. Whereas if that infatuation now was, you know, the one step that is really the, the betrayal, me, yeah, the betrayal you know? means yeah. the end for us, then he would have to leave me choose and choose and he yeah. would be there. And then, okay, later on, he would realize it was just an infatuation. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. But that's what I mean with the great trust in yourself, because you have to um, retain your 
trust in yourself and your connection. Yeah. Despite the fact that in those weeks, moments, hours, days, his or her priority is clearly somewhere else. Yes. And you have to have trust in them to, you know, come back to you and also in yourself yeah. that, yeah, what you offer and what the re your relationship mm -hmm. offer is so valuable mm -hmm. and can withstand that moment. So, yeah. so I mean, and I think this level of trust in yourself is difficult. And it comes with time. It comes with time yeah. and, it, because it's also and it also confidence is flimsy. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you've got more confident days, you've got less confident days. Yeah. And, you know, I can imagine if you've got a less confident phase triggered by, I don't know, a career uh, difficulty, And then this happens as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, you have to have a lot of strength. Which then once again comes into the trust that your partner will know that you're having a difficult phase right now and choose to maybe not do that. Yeah, in yes, that phase. yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what would be fun is to now go into the different types of open relationships because mm. I found five like fundamentally different types. Mm -hmm. And then once we've discussed them, we can, you know, say which ones we have lived and experienced and which ones we would maybe choose. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So the first type that is the most common one, apparently, which I wasn't aware of is swinging. Okay. Swimming, mm -hmm. swinging is amongst people that practice open relationships, the one that is done the most. Mm -hmm. And just for anyone that doesn't know, um, it basically means that as a couple, as a committed couple that you are, you consensually exchange partners basically only for sexual purposes. So either you go to a different couple and you exchange partners or you do, you know, threesomes, foursomes or something like this as a couple. Is it a given that it's always in front of each? Like is the sexual experience? No, always, no it's it not a given. And okay. it's interesting where it origin, originated from because it says it began as a practice that was called wife swapping among U.S. Air Force pilots after <laughs> World War II. So, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. so it was there. It was simply the wives that were swapped. So basically, yeah, two couples came mm -hmm. and yeah, exchanged partners yeah. and then yeah. went back to each other. Mm -hmm. So swinging never is supposed to involve emotional mm -hmm. stuff. It's purely sexual and it usually is a mutual thing where a couple exchanges because that the only thing it would like this that it satisfies is basically the uh curiosity to see you know ooh, how is it to have sex with a new person so that's why you do that yes that's the, the curiosity well i also think it's of course a, a, a big adventurous aspect yeah. that comes with mm -hmm. it and i think especially if you have a very um you know routine yeah. everyday life mm -hmm. If then suddenly on the weekend you swap yeah. partners with someone, I think that spices yeah. things up yeah, quite sure, a bit sure, sure. in yeah. a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I've personally never experienced that type of uh, interaction <laughs> with a different couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I find it interesting also because it's kind of it, like, it, it sounds like it's supposed to be a given that both wives are then interested in the respective well, partners. I mean, I would also, I think, I mean, I've met one like routine swinger, one that yeah. was like married to someone yeah. that like a swinger relationship. And there, of course, now also apps and everything where you of can course. just yeah. find, you know, swingers. Yeah. And, um, and of course you choose them together. I mean, yeah. I don't know how it was with the Air Force pilot <laughs> wives, but of course, as a couple, you choose a couple you find attractive. Yeah. And the way that I've understood it, which is what I was uh, asking, is that obviously there is the just, you know, everyone doing their own, like the two new couples doing mm -hmm. their own thing. But sometimes, you know, it, it, it does involve all four people. Yeah, yeah all together. Exactly. Engaging yeah. with each other. And sometimes even with, with the men, 
having maybe a bisexual yeah. element or curiosity that they try, although that is the least, I would say, common yeah. um, I mean, consequence. What I like about this model is that it is definitely, you know, it takes the partner with you. Yeah. There's zero secrecy mm -hmm. about it. There's not one person that wanders off to a yeah. bar looking for an adventure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's totally consensual mm -hmm. and you are experiencing the adventure together. I think that's a big element of it that takes the fear away also. Yeah. You know, because it's not, okay, just one person and I'm at home mm -hmm. in fear, but mm -hmm. we're just both having mm -hmm. fun, coming back and bringing it into the relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I've never tried it, but I think it, it yeah. makes sense that that's the most common one. Yeah. 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 All right. So the next uh, one is polyamory. Right. So polyamory is a relationship style that allows people to openly conduct multiple sexual and romantic yeah. relationships simultaneously, ideally with the knowledge and consent of everyone involved. This is the one I'm least, uh, yeah. like most skeptical of, least me trusting too. of. So t tell me your thoughts. Well, I mean, I, I do, for, for it's, I think it's also a, a question of, of time and energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a good relationship, no matter if, whether it's monogamous or whatever, uh, requires and deserves i would say time and energy deserves is the right word i mm -hmm. mean the person you love deserves your time and attention mm -hmm. um and i would say that there is a correlation of you know the more time and attention you give the person the deeper it gets i think there of course there might be some sort of cap but it's far away so uh, in having the time the energy and the personal wherewithal to f follow through with that with multiple people I think is a bit of a utopia. Yeah. Unless that is all you do. Like, for example, if it's if it's a living community, right? Where mm -hmm. it's just everyone with... And all you do is just work together on the field and love each other and exchange loving moments. I, I can imagine that. But if it is within, you know, the framework of maintaining a stable career and let's not, let's not even say have kids, which is another thing, I think that that becomes a bit harder to maintain and then of course there is the other version which i think which is like you know more of like one man with multiple wives mm -hmm. where it's like one household with multiple people mm -hmm. um the one household with multiple people whew, i mean I, I, I mean this what you're just saying it was also uh discussed in that article yeah. because with polyamory of course also comes polygamy Yeah. And as you say, one man with multiple wives, polygyny, uh -huh. is practiced most in Muslim countries. Right. Where, uh, yeah, one man just has yeah. multiple wives. And then there's also the opposite, polyandry, which is very, very rare. Self. Yeah, very, very, very rare. rare. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I mean, for me, it would also be, of course, with people that are bisexual, you know, just different constellations right. not one with yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. but you know four guys three I mean, girls kind of or whatever yeah three. i mean the sexual aspect aside for me just like what you said i find it very hard to imagine that you can equally love mm -hmm. people for me i think there has to be at least a main couple yeah you know like a primary couple yeah because As you said, I don't think I could open up and be vulnerable with someone on that extreme level mm -hmm. when I know that he's doing the exact same level mm -hmm. of vulnerability with somebody else as well. Mm -hmm. I think that would be hard for me. That's mm -hmm. where my jealousy, let's yeah. say, would kick in. Or maybe not even jealousy, but just insecurity. I, I would feel like, you know, my innermost secrets that I'm choosing to share with him only yeah. will make it into a different relationship yeah. as well. And I think that in these Muslim for example, uh, constellations, I don't think that the 
primary uh, motivator in those relationships is love. Yeah. And having said that, the polyamorous relationship have only an 8% success rate. So I guess that's uh, not the highest percentage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche and I don't want to get into cliches or let cliche form my opinion. But many times when I think about people that practice polyamory, I might wrongfully immediately associate it with like a bit of a hippie lifestyle. Right. A bit of a a phase. A bit of a phase. A phase or, or people that... For, you know, I don't want to say lost because they don't have a career because that is very a very condescending thing to say. Yeah, and I don't think and, it's necessarily true. No, but I would say people that are less inclined to follow long-term goals mm-hmm. and more inclined to live in, in the day, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and live a very short-term, um, pleasure-oriented yes. life. Yes, I understand which, what you mean. Yeah. Which, some, to be honest, sometimes I find a very admirable lifestyle yeah. to have and I wish I could... Let myself fall into it. I mean, my anxiety would immediately kick in because it can happen in five years, in six years, yeah, in yeah. three years. Yeah. But you know, this very kind of moment and 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 carpe diem, no I would say, oriented yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know whether that is so compatible with many other goals that most people have, like yeah. for example, long term safety. Yeah. I don't know, buying a house yeah. and creating a family and yeah. career success. Yeah. That's but yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, you know, vision. Yes. The yeah. Well, now we're getting into two other uh, open relationship styles which are kind of uh, tied to each other and very similar one is actually called the open relationship and the other one is called monogamish and okay. um, so monogamish relationships are those in which a couple is primarily monogamous so there is that yeah. main couple um, but allows varying degrees of sexual contact with others mm-hmm. so basically you have that thing but you might go and have a one night stand with someone mm-hmm. else or mm-hmm. you know something like that make out with someone in a club mm-hmm. and then the open relationship is that of a long-term committed couple again so mm-hmm. there's the primary couple that takes on a third or sometimes fourth or fifth partner whose involvement and role in the relationship is always secondary so that's very clear that it's secondary mm-hmm. but it so the, the point is that in the open relationship that partner can be recurring so you might have someone that you ah. meet up with on a you know more or less regular basis mm-hmm. and that you might also like as a person it's not just the pure purely sexual okay, one night the monogamish stand. is just sexual yes only okay. that and it's very much you know someone unknown someone yeah. that's not really in your friend circle yeah. the open relationship is someone that where he's recurring and he or she is someone that you might meet up with even for lunch and might be your friend yeah so it's like a in a way a second relationship but of course it's clearly secondary yeah to your yeah. romantic and maybe more phases and exactly and yeah yeah, I mean, I would say that's the thing that we would also define as an open relationship. Yes. I think the the interesting thing is that I think we don't, when we think of it, there is no rule outside of the, I would say, one primary rule, which is complete honesty. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, by the way, when you were saying that there are these different types of relationships, whether that would be a factor, because I have heard of a type of open relationship that I I would say disagree with or I yeah. think is a recipe for disaster which is the the thing where everyone can do what they like just don't tell me but you know, they know that they're doing something. yeah like, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. it is kind of uh, mm. it's known that both parties are allowed to engage in other things very much there is the primary relationship you yes. know yeah. but we don't tell each other anything yeah. like, I it should be kept a secret find that that's difficult. the one where I'm thinking to myself like what what, what are you 
satisfying here you know mm. like you're just afraid to that they're not going to make the sacrifice if you don't let so you know i don't yeah. know i this is one where i'm but that was not a model no no that was given yeah it wasn't a model that, so the only thing that was mentioned was cheating so basically but that's not an open relationship to me yeah if you, someone just goes and wanders yeah. without the other party knowing yeah, yeah yeah but yeah no i think that a real open relationship no matter in which way yeah is based on people knowing yeah that it and, is yes yeah. known and to I, both parties and i would say that exactly the only rule in so far is that everything is communicated yes. everything is kept honest and maybe you know if it's a completely new element is discussed beforehand maybe mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. if yeah so i would say within the i would say monogamish and open kind of is also hand in hand fluid yeah. and go 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 yeah. goes hand in hand because maybe one person you know it starts off as a sexual encounter and then things happen again or things like that so for me i would say that has a potential for success mm-hmm. um for me the the primary relationship element would be very important i would say that at heart i'm a bit more monogamous than you or or maybe the idea of a monogamous relationship doesn't um i would say worry you turn me as much <laughs> yeah yeah as it does you um nevertheless i can totally totally see the beauty that openness can bring the variety of experience that openness can bring for me very interestingly swinging the way it was said wouldn't even count as an open relationship uh-huh. like i've always been someone although i don't have like you know huge huge amount of experiences with it but i do feel that i'm very honest when i say that that i was always someone that in, in an ideal relationship pictured encounters with other people mm-hmm. together that yeah. you know pictured um because I, i find that well it's it's listed as a open relationship because strictly you are having sex with another person, person. yes i understand yeah. Yeah, yeah but i think that for me like the, the beauty of open really open relationship maybe a bit romanticized in a way is that um love romantic sexual energies are such a beautiful thing to feel and such a beautiful thing to uh, let out into the world mm. that it is a shame to limit them to have like rules that limit them i think that as with everything that is as potent and powerful as you know sexual energy um love amorous energy um things like that can be very potent therefore also dangerous therefore also can you know take away your focus so you'd have to be very aware of how you handle them that's what i meant with you it needs a lot more care a lot more responsibility than a monogamous relationship where everything is just kind of a set and a given where you can what you can do what you can't do but i think that if you are um able to live a relationship type like that if you're able to give your partner the level of security and safety needed for them not to get jealous which i i do think happens in open relationships mm-hmm. as well by the way that's something we should talk about mm-hmm. how to deal with that and you're also able to keep yourself honest you know to to and 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 responsible how to engage with these other people then mm-hmm. i think that it can lead to very beautiful experiences that maybe i would not want to miss yeah. so that's why i'm yeah. considering it you know uh, to, to me also this what is here described as open relationship um is the one that i would gravitate towards mm-hmm. um and is also the one that i have by far the most experience in mm-hmm. as you know mm-hmm. um and yes as you say it's not always easy mm-hmm. uh it's not simple at all and i remember the very first conversation that i had with a then partner where we 
let's say confessed or you know whatever you want to call it where we told each other what happened outside mm-hmm. of this primary mm-hmm. relationship was not easy mm-hmm. it was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I remember that in the first 10 seconds something inside me really went like oh my god you know is this bad yeah um but then very quickly like in mm-hmm. a matter of minutes mm-hmm. once details were shared I felt such a huge level of closeness mm-hmm. and such a huge level of trust that was also put in into me and I thought wow we are right right now we got closer to each other mm-hmm. because he told me some intimate details about things that happened and he brought them into our relationship and that made me feel very special and very important to him and, interesting and mm-hmm. that's I think a, a very unexpected it was a very unexpected element for me Um, I don't necessarily understand what you... Well, because, you know... N- n- it's, how? It, <laughs> well, because it's it's as if he he takes you with him on that adventure. And then, you know, he lives that adventure. He comes back and he brings that adventure to your relationship. It becomes part of you okay. two. That, mm-hmm. That's how I feel it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's not something that he lived with a different person and you're out of it. And, you know, that person has a privilege that you didn't have. It's the opposite. He lived something with that person and he brings it into your relationship. And now your relationship has the privilege of having that extra influence and that extra yeah. adventure that it yeah. otherwise yeah. wouldn't have. Yeah, which, which brings me to two other things that I always found also very important within the framework of open relationships, which is that the other people or person who is not within the primary relationship are aware of the fact exactly. that everyone yeah. is aware of what's I think, happening. Yeah, I think so that, they're aware that, you know, you know, or, yes. or, yeah. I think that always varies, of course, you know, according to which rules the couple has set. Mm. But um, in my, in my Honesty. experience, yeah, but in, in my experience, like the rules that I have set <laughs> yeah. and that we have set um, in my relationship is that the third person has to know that the other person exists and also that the other person knows, knows. that this is happening. Of course, the partner has to know immediately. Yeah. And also another rule, but that's just our thing, is that if we are together, the two of us, then of course we uh, are the most important people. So if we have a, a, an evening plan together, I'm not going to sacrifice that evening Yeah. For the third person. Yeah. It's more if something happens because I travel a lot or because he travels, you know, it's it's something like that. Yeah. Then it's not forbidden. Yeah. There are no rules. But it's clear that and and it has never even been a question, you know, that yeah. we are committed to each other. It's never even been a rule that had to be said. Exactly. Like, I don't yeah. want you to yeah. And, just, and the, that's the trusting the other person exactly. to be, you know, exactly. to go yeah. to take the freedom and honorably. Especially in the beginning when we were navigating it. Um, we explored it more than we are right now because we try to, you know, see where the boundaries are. Mm. And I think that's also when we realized it doesn't mean an open relationship doesn't mean anything goes. Yeah. It just means you still make responsible decisions, yeah. um, but just the framework is a bit looser or, you know, yeah. broader. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's, well, for me, it's definitely the relationship model that has worked the best yeah. by far. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I've always thought about is that I think an open relationship can keep you more honest with each other, mm-hmm. sharper with each other, and also can maybe be a good signifier to see when the relationship is potentially going, of course, when right. like maybe something uh, is not satisfied within one of the partners. Yes. Because I think that, You told me two things once that I found very interesting. The first thing you said is that obviously the question comes up, okay, what did that person 
give you why that person yes, you know yeah. it's not necessarily what didn't I give you yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know and then sometimes it's as simple as you know the person gave me the butterflies of a first encounter or mm-hmm. a first kiss or a mm-hmm. first time you know holding each other um, or it can be something just you know you weren't there and I was having a very you know connection desired day yeah. or something yeah, you know yeah. which can also just be a thing but sometimes it's also you know that person I don't know, cooked for me five times and mm-hmm. you never cook for me. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and then that's you start talking about that. And then that. you start talking yeah. about the fact maybe it would be nice to have evenings where we cook for each other. I don't know. Exactly. Like that's a very yeah. simple thing. And I think that that can kind of keep you, um, keep, not, not just keep things fresh, but can monitor if really, you know, you're making your partner that you love Absolutely. as happy as you yeah. could make them. And, you know, a question that I get very often when people find out that I'm in this type of a relationship yeah. is... Um, oh, well, what does that mean? You know, have you had encounters with 200 people, you know, in yeah. within the course of five years? And then it's always very funny to say, well, actually, no, you know, there were very few people. Yeah. And I think it's also um, important to mention that just because you have the freedom, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you constantly use it. Yeah. Because once you have it, also, I think the need to use it becomes less mm. sometimes. Maybe that's also not with everyone, not the case for everyone, yeah. but for me personally, yeah. if someone tells me you cannot do something, <laughs> I want to do it. Yeah. And if someone tells me you can do something, yeah. then that's a good base for me to think about whether I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's again, I mean, it's again this, you know, trusting the other person to use that freedom responsibly. Exactly. Is, you know, we, we said, we began also this, this with also the question, how realistic is it to have a 20-year relationship without developing an interest in other people? Mm. It's unrealistic, but you don't develop, you know, interest in other people weekly. You know, exactly. like if, if, if you think about your single life, especially if we're talking about, you know, connections that are actually memorable and not just relieving a physical impulse or something. Yeah. It's not like every time you go to a party, you meet two people that you would desperately want to connect with. You know, yeah. it's special to meet someone that you feel exactly. that you want to connect with. And I think also because you said relieving a physical impulse. Yeah. Maybe one should mention that it's not just about relieving yeah. physical impulses. Yeah. Because. Yeah, yeah. If we go out and actually, I mean, speaking from my personal experience, if we go out and actually do something with someone, then we feel like it's worth bringing that person into our energy. It's not just going to be the random hot person to relieve the physical impulse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then there is um, one last relation, open relationship type, which I have never heard of. I just found it now. And I found it super interesting because I feel like it's something that you could resonate with on some type of level. Okay. It, well, it's called relationship anarchy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm just going to read out the definition, okay? So relational anarchists are often highly critical of conventional cultural standards that prioritize romantic and sex-based relationship over non-sexual or non-romantic relationships. Instead, RA, it's called RA for short, seeks to eliminate specific distinctions between or hierarchical valuations of friendships versus love-based relationships. (laughs) So that love-based relationships are no more valuable than platonic friendships. Each relationship is unique and can evolve as participants require. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Kiveli, let's talk about that one. Well, wow. I mean, are you an RA? Because I never had a word for it, but are you a relationship anarchist? Well, in um, a way, I mean, I, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> I, have lots of, I mean, first of all, I think that it's 
I think that it's unrealistic that a rela- a love-based relationship can, or, 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 that, or that the friendship can um, get to the same level as a love-based relationship because, of course, the sexual connection gives something so potent, potent and intense and yeah. intimate yeah. to the experiences between two people that an incredible conversation over drinks just cannot replicate. Yeah. yeah. Having said so, that, I just want to say that Kiveri and I have coined the term love friendship <laughs> because we never heard about that. Yes, But because true. Kiveli really says that her friends, or said maybe up to now, no, no, no. or still, still said that, yeah, and yeah. feels that her friends are basically people she loves the yeah. way I would characterize, I would love a romantic partner. You know, And that's why we have called them love yeah. friends. Love yeah. friendships. Yeah, love friends. No, I, but for me, a love, I, I do. There are, there are friends, people that, you know, I didn't, they're not my family, yeah. that absolutely I, I love. And, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, loving means... caring about their happiness and being absolutely clear with yourself that you're willing to invest a lot of energy also mm-hmm. in their happiness mm-hmm. you know for them to be there for me and me to be there for them not just when you know huge dramatic uh, life-changing misery on an everyday hits me, basis but yeah. you know on an everyday basis yeah. for small things that yeah. so so that, that you also invest energy in the relationship you know make sure that maybe you go on holiday every now and then or you um see them regularly yeah and you know th- those are not all friendships you know most no. friendships are more H- how many love friendships would you say that you have right now that i've had or that i have okay both first that you have right now this mo- this instant i would say maybe four four and how many have and you had in total in your life maybe you add like another four or five to them okay. but of course I, I, what has to say where they came from right mm-hmm. okay so i would say that i grew up not particularly comfortable in my family mm-hmm. life and not getting the type of love and unconditional support mm-hmm. that I think I naturally wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I sought out unconditional support and love from, from other friends. people, yeah. from friends and not from friends, more plural. I but just want to specify that she doesn't mean me. No, of course I don't mean you, <laughs> course, but, but you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 and it's right. So, so I sought that out from other people And and that meant that when, when when I grew up, I specifically had one, and then you know maybe as I got a bit older, one two mm-hmm. friends that were ev- that were you Everything know that you. support system for yeah. me. They were the people that gave me um, security when I mm-hmm. felt insecure. They were people that I you know did important first uh, experiences with yes. getting drunk, things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, these people were important because they replaced something that I felt I didn't get okay. from family. But now so, comes my question. Now, wait, wait, wait. wait. So, okay. so, so that's the first thing. And then the other thing is, you know, I have very long friendships. I cultivate friendships that don't just, you know, half a year, but very, and of course, someone that I think of that has been in my life consistently since I was 15 years old, and now I'm 26. I mean, that's, and, I, and I've known him since I was maybe 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, This this has been a person that has been a part of my life for half my life. Yeah. So obviously this person, I don't just have, I, I, of course, yeah, I've got love for this person. Yeah, it has yeah. been a part of my life. No, I, I, moments, that, you know? I, I think everyone agrees with that. That But, is a love friendship, if yeah, you yeah. will, you know. But now comes my question. Now that you have, let's say now someone else comes in, an actual yeah. love interest, a yeah. romantic interest, yeah. a sexual interest. So now, would you put that on the same level as your most important love friend? Because that's what a relationship anarchist yes. would do. Yes, um, 
I think that it it has also a time aspect to mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, I think that when you meet someone that you share, you know, uh, that you share a connection with that includes the sexual and potential for love mm-hmm. and for things, of course, it takes your focus and your energy like nothing else does. Because as I said, you have, of course, the you can have a cool conversation and watch a movie mm-hmm. together connection, but you also have the you can explore intimate fantasies, desires, which of course is unparalleled. Yeah. It's unpar- this type of connection is unparalleled if you compare it to anything else. The only thing that can, um, I would say, be equal to this intimate, you know, exploration type of connection is um, time, is a history, a shared history. I think that um, I have shared history with people that... Uh, you know, have created a level of deep connection that, of course, can can compare to um, this, you know, love that you share with a romantic interest. Now, the, the clue is, though, if now you have this person that you've fallen in love with and share the intimate connection with, and then you create a history together, mm-hmm. now you are with this person for two years, three mm-hmm. years, and these two, three years are much, much more... Um, experience filled than your love friendships of course then it becomes yeah. the, the competition yeah. it's not even a competition anymore so basically at heart you're not you're not an RA I don't think I think you're the closest heart. thing I've ever met to to a relationship anarchist but yeah I, I also believe it's completely unrealistic as you said because it's impossible to share that type of intimacy yeah. with someone else and I mean I think you have set the bar very high for friendships and love <laughs> friendships and if you cannot do it, I, I don't understand how someone <laughs> can do, do it. it. <laughs> but I thought yeah. it was interesting that, that that actually exists yeah. as a concept. Yeah. Well, um, these were all the open relationships that yeah. I found and that we could discuss. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting topic. I think we've already said where we stand, yeah. where each of us stands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, we can conclude the episode. I'm just thinking, what do we always say in it? Oh, yeah, we share a story about each other. We share a story about each other. Wow. Okay. I, I actually have a story. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm not it's a story we were talking about yesterday, which is that I think there was one time in your life where you properly gave monogamy a chance, mm-hmm. where you really, really tried for mm-hmm. a monogamous to relationship. make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think within that relationship, there was one man, guy that you met, um, a conductor, mm-hmm. who um, I would say for you probably <laughs> is like the uh, height of perfection in terms of wanting to have an experience with mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And this person, you met this person, this person showed interest in you, and you said no. Because you remained monogamous to your partner at the time. Biggest mistake of my life. And I think to this day, <laughs> you think it's the biggest mistake of your life. So I think there's a pretty good yeah. indication that you gave monogamy a try and it just wasn't your yeah. thing. And I still regret it. And you still regret it? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that's a good story. Um, okay, okay. I'm trying to think along the lines of love friendships, you know, but I cannot think of the story. Hmm. Maybe because they're just normal friendships. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so my story is not really one event. It's just interesting for me to see how you are right now considering prioritizing a 
you know, sexually based uh, love relationship over your love friendships. Because mm -hmm. I've known you as someone who prioritizes your love friends mm -hmm. <laughs> so strongly mm -hmm. all your life. And now with your birthday coming up, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to see how you're planning this event really so differently from mm -hmm. the other years where, you know, you were always focused on the the friends aspect on you know making them happy creating a big cool party yeah, experience usually having like letting them all sleep exactly uh, sleep over my all place sleep over and, in your yeah. room and in the house and creating a big pajama party or whatever and now you're actually thinking oh maybe i'll take that time you know yeah. for myself with someone else and just that shift i think is interesting and i'm very curious to see where it's going to go <laughs> yeah so that was that uh we hope you enjoyed our comeback episode about yeah. the open relationship concepts that yes exists. and now we'll be uh, recording some more episodes on our yes. little concert tour we are back on it we're going to record a lot of episodes and they're going to going to be coming out weekly just like before just without the um, uh, video video just audio only but uh, we'll see we might still upload it to youtube just with a still yeah. image yeah 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 so see you next week and lots, lots of love, of love from your neck bye, bye. you're listening to the sister drill with danai and kibeli